Today's reading is from Ruth 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Marlon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Marlon and Kilion also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have showed kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you, or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realised that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. 
So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Well, it's good to see you this morning. If you don't know me, my name's Chris. I'm the pastor here, and it's uh, great you're with us. Let's pray. Father, we so need your word. We need it in our lives. We need to be not only reminded of you and of your grace to us, we need to experience it. Father, may your words speak to us. May your Holy Spirit grab us and shake us and make us aware of that which we aren't aware of but need to become aware of. Please turn our lives upside down. In Jesus' name, amen. What we've just heard read for us is a story of loss. Loss comes to all of us. Many of you will know that a week ago we lost our family dog, Annie. You know, the little cavoodle had run to the front door and you know, every person was her favorite person. She's no more. Heartbreaking. Uh, for us, she was a friend and a constant in our family. In previous times of loss, Annie was there. Uh, the pain of losing her has been offset somewhat and we've been helped by the love of our church family. Thank you. Loss is a part of the rhythm of life, isn't it? Uh, and it hurts. Many of us here, you're sitting there, you're pained by losses that have come into your life, losses of people dear to you, family, friends, uh, losses of security, relationships, savings, work. We all need love in times of loss. Where do we find it? The story we've just heard is not a, just a story of loss, but of love in a time of loss. And in this case, the loser is a woman named Naomi, who in Ruth chapter one goes away and then comes back. So as well as this story being a story of loss and love in the time of loss, it's also a going away and a coming back story. And going away and coming back is also one of life's rhythms. Going away and coming back happens to us all the time. Uh, some of our kids this week began school. They went away to school in the morning. They, they came back. <laughs> going away, coming back happens every day. Uh, Barry Webb, the commentator on the book of Ruth, reminds us there's lots of going away and coming back stories in the Bible. Abraham goes away to Egypt from the promised land, then he comes back. Jacob leaves his ancestral home, he goes to Syria, and 20 years later, he comes back. Um, at the end of the books of Kings, uh, the Jew Jewish people go away in exile to Babylon, and after 70 years, they come back. In the New Testament, of course, you have the classic story from Jesus about the prodigal son who goes away and then he comes back to his father. When you stop and think about it, the whole Bible is really a going away and a coming back story, isn't it? Going away from Eden and then returning to Eden at the end, paradise lost, paradise regained. Now we all go away and we come back many times in life and most of the times it's ordinary, go away to work, come back home. <laughs> but sometimes our going away and coming back is special. Sometimes there's a coming back which is particularly significant 
And that's the kind of coming back that we have here. And even though the book is called Ruth in chapter one, the focus really is on Naomi. And it's much more about her coming back than her going away. We get rid of her going away in five verses. All the rest is about her coming back. Naomi goes away, if we can look at the map, thanks. And there are good reasons why she goes away. It's not that she just had itchy feet and wanted to travel. Uh, It's not that she always wanted to go to Moab, like Moab was on her bucket list of things to do before she died. There was a famine in the land. And the text tells us, you know, it, it may have been troubled times in the times of judges, which is when this was set, and a time of warfare, and war can cause famine. We think of the nation of Yemen today. It could have been the failure of the rains. Who knows what caused the famine? But there was famine, and she had a family. And what would you have done in the same circumstance? She went away because of the famine. But she also went away because she was part of a family that went away. You see, it doesn't begin and say there was a woman called Naomi, and she went away to Moab. It says there was a man called Elimelech, and he went away. And he had a wife, Naomi and they had two sons, and they all went away. She was caught up in a decision that wasn't her own, that's why she went away. Much of life is like that, isn't it? Now, going away may have solved their problems in the short term, presumably they found food in Moab, but in the longer term, they experienced tragic loss. Um, From Moab, in the longer term, they only found death, and grief, and deep loss, and loneliness, And when we get to the end of those first five verses, what we're left with is a woman who's bereft. What she had gained in her mind by going is nothing compared to what she lost. She has lost her husband and then her two sons. And now she finds herself a foreign woman in a foreign land. She has no husband or son to provide for her or protect her. She has no future, no hope. That is the bad news of this story. Naomi went away. But the good news is that she came back. Why does she come back? Because she hears the news, verse six, of what God has done for his people. In the land of Moab, she heard that the Lord had visited his people in their land and given them food. And of course, yes, she comes back for the food, but it's not just food that brings her back because presumably there's food still in Moab. What brings her back is this news that God has acted. God has done something for his people. It's the grace and the goodness and the mercy of God poured out on his people that brings her back. And there's a little touch of sadness when she hears this news. God has visited his people in their land. You see, she's in Moab, not just away from Bethlehem, is she? She's away from the people of God. She's away from the blessing of God. And there is something deep within her that calls her back, and it's the news of what God has done for his people, the goodness of God to his people that brings her home. I want you to notice how she comes back. Naomi comes back with only a small understanding of the grace of God. Only a small appreciation of God's grace. How do we know that? From the whole way in which she talks to her two daughters-in-law. 
In essence, she says, look, I'm not expecting too much. And there's certainly nothing there for you. You go back to your own country. Don't you come with me. She turns them back. She says, you, you turn back. May God be kind to you in Moab. There's certainly nothing for you in Israel. How little she understands of the grace of God. Because as you read on in this book, you see how in chapter after chapter, God pours out blessing upon Naomi and upon Ruth. God gives them food. God gives them Boaz, this kinsman redeemer. We'll find out about that in the successive weeks. God gives Ruth a beautiful baby boy. And at the end of the book, Naomi is just overflowing with the blessings that God has poured out upon her and upon Ruth. She, in this chapter, directs Ruth to go back to her own people in Moab because she has this small understanding of the grace of God and the goodness of God. And maybe it's with you, with the loss in your life. You know, you felt that God is a God up there who dispenses grace with an eyedropper, just a drop here or there, in case he needs a lot in reserve. The reality is he's up there with the celestial equivalent of a 44 gallon drum and he is pouring it out, he's pouring it out. He poured it out on the cross, didn't he? He continues to pour it out, his grace, his goodness upon his people and it overflows to all who will turn back to him and have a share in it. But Naomi has only this small understanding, there's so much of the grace of God that she hasn't properly grasped. And then there's Ruth. And it's magnificent in contrast to Naomi, how Ruth is a woman who will not turn back. Ruth pushes her way into the kingdom of God. Here's the person who gets converted in spite of the evangelist, not because of them. The evangelist is trying to push her away, keep her out, no way, no way for Ruth, she's coming in. She pushes her way in and into the sphere of God's blessing, that's Ruth. Naomi, in contrast, is the woman who is sick at heart. She is the depressive type. She was sick at heart in Moab. She's sick in heart on the way home. She's sick in heart when she arrives back. She's sick in heart because she has this small understanding of the grace and goodness of God. And lesson, what this means is that if you've got a true understanding of the grace and the goodness of God, you won't be sick at heart. Uh, if you haven't got that understanding, you may be. The reality is that God is showing her his love and kindness in her time of loss. It, it's just that she can't see it. Now how is God showing Naomi his grace and goodness in her time of loss? Well, it's through Ruth, her Gentile daughter-in-law. Ruth's response is contrasted to the response of the other daughter-in-law, Orpha. Both set off on the way back with Naomi, and Naomi urges both of them to go back. Orpha goes. Ruth doesn't. Ruth's response is remarkable, not expected. Orpha gives the expected response sympathy, tears, hugs, and she returns home to her own people. That's what we'd expect of Ruth as well. But Ruth's response catches us off guard. That's the great surprise in the book. And Ruth's response is outstanding. When Naomi says, go back to your own people, Ruth will not be turned away. She'll have none of it. 
Instead, she says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back to you. Where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I'll be buried. And then if that were not enough, Ruth wishes the Lord's punishment on herself if death should even separate you and me. How do you describe such a reaction? You know, this fierce, unexpected, over-the-top, steadfast, loyal fidelity, faithfulness. That plus a grace and a love and a kindness that's so immense, it's staggering. Could you bundle that up in a word? Not in English, we can't. But Naomi describes it in verse eight, and in our Bibles it's a Hebrew word translated as kindness, because that's getting close. But in Hebrew, I'm gonna teach you a Hebrew word, it's called chesed. You've got to sort of roll the spit, chesed, like that, chesed. After three, one, two, three, chesed. Okay, just stick that in your brain. Um, what it means is a steadfast, faithful loyalty coupled with over-the-top, gracious love and kindness. Loyalty, determined, faithful loyalty, plus grace in abundance, you see. That's chesed. And that's what Ruth shows Naomi, and that is a quality of God. Uh, that word is used in the, often in the, in the Old Testament to describe God. He is a God of chesed love. The chesed love and kindness is what God has. In the Gospels, it's what Jesus showed to Zacchaeus when he stopped and he looked up to a tree and said, come down, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. No one was expecting it. But he went in, and despite everyone else's protestations, he went in and spent time with Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus became a believer. He'll be in heaven, we'll meet him one day. It's what Jesus showed the brokenhearted, the lame, the blind, the outcast, when he came to them and he ate with them. It's what, Jesus, what caused Jesus to become known as a friend of tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners, and then he remained true to them, despite the religious authorities protesting that he really shouldn't have them as his friends. This is God's chesed kindness or love. God shows his kindness and love to Naomi in her time of loss. How does he do it? He does it through Ruth. Almost as if Ruth is a physical conduit of God's love to Naomi. The sad thing in the story is that Naomi can't see it because when she comes back, did you hear how she comes back? She comes back bitter. And of course, that word bitter describes her feelings. In verse 13, she says, it's exceedingly bitter for me, for your sake, that the hand of the Lord has gone against me. It's bitter to me. That's how I feel about what's happened. She feels bitter. But the bitterness also extends beyond her feelings to describe the things that have happened in her life. You see in verse 20 when she says, the Lord has dealt with me, dealt very bitterly with me. The things that have happened to her while she was away were bitter things, they were painful things, hurtful things, which she remembers and carries with her the memory of those things as she comes back. She comes back bitter. She also comes back empty. She says, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. 
empty. That's the way we all come back, you know. We don't come back to God from being away full. You always come back empty, always. Do you remember that old hymn? Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to your cross I cling. Naked, come to you for dress. Helpless, look to you for grace. Stained by sin, to you I fly. Wash me saviour or I die. We always come back in a mess. We always come back empty. There's no other way to come back really because there's nothing good out there away from God and his blessing. She came back empty. But the thing is she came. (laughs) She came. And she came with a simple confession on her lips. Did you notice that in verse 21? She says, I went away. I went away. What's significant is that she doesn't say I went away because of the famine. She doesn't say, I went away because Elimelech, my husband, took me away. She just says, I went away. It's a simple confession, isn't it? I went away. No explanations, no excuses. She's passed all that, no rationalizations. She just says, I went away. But the Lord brought me back. So she takes full responsibility for her condition and she gives all the credit to the Lord for her return. I went away, but the Lord has brought me back. Now, what does it mean to be away in this sense? Well, it means to be wrong in our relationship with God. It means to have a no in our hearts to him when we should have a yes. It means to be in a condition where God has to judge us in his love instead of blessing us. And it can happen in a thousand ways. It can happen by hearing the word of God again and again and again and not obeying it, it can happen by hardening your heart, by calcifying your heart over the years. It can happen doing what seems right at the time and then not being willing to admit that you're wrong and knowing in your heart that you are. It can happen in a thousand places. It can happen in a church. It's a terrible place to be away because no one expects you to be away. You know, it says in the book of Isaiah, my people are a people who draw near to God with their mouths, but in their hearts are far from me. It can happen to the people of God. Now, if you're like that, then you may be able to give a good explanation as to why it happened. You may be able to give good, very good reasons and explanations as to why you went away. Don't bother, just come back, just come back. Come back because what God has done done for you in Christ. He has poured out his blessings and he continues to pour them out. They are there for you to enjoy, but you've just gotta come back. Come back because God stands ready for you to come back, to bless you. Do you remember the 44 gallon drum? Remember the cross especially, he stands ready to accept you. He who gave his own son, if he's done that, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give you all things? You haven't even dreamt of the good things he has to shed upon you if you come back. Come back empty. It's the only way you can come back, really. 
Come back bitter if you must. Come back even just with a small understanding of the grace of God if that's all you've got. But just come back. Come back now. Come back this morning. Come back before you leave church today. Come back to God. Naomi said, I went away, but the Lord brought me back. Well, I hope that's your confession too. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we are so sorry about the hardness of our hearts. We are sorry about the carelessness of our lives. We're sorry, Heavenly Father, that we don't understand your love as we should. And we pray that you would forgive us and bring us back. Help us, Father, not to pretend. Give us, Lord, a heart that can say, I went away. And Father, I pray particularly for those for whom this is especially important today, that, Lord, you would have mercy on them and that in your grace you would restore them. But restore us all, Heavenly Father, to the joy of living in obedience to you. Let us live, Father, more and more in the fullness of your rich blessing in our lives so that we might not just be blessed ourselves, Father, but that we may overflow in blessing to others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.